listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program. Very glad to have you along as well. You can find us at btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Over the next half hour or so, we'll talk some sports. We'll do it from a faith-based point of view. Good to be back in the studio after a few weeks off. I'll be honest, I, I needed the break. Been struggling a little bit with the lack of sports and with this, and, and, and this is my opinion here, folks. You may disagree, but I've been struggling with what seems like a world gone crazy mm-hmm. in responding to all that's going on in this world. I, and I get it. It's a serious matter. But, man, shutting down the entire nation, it just seems crazy to me. And before you call, before you tweet, before you email us, which, by the way, you can always send your thoughts via email to comments at BTG program. I do get it, or at least I did get it. It seems like now that we have a bit more information, I'm not saying we know everything, but we got a bit more information. Perhaps some of this has been a little bit of an overreaction. Here's here's my thing. You mean to tell me that Walmart is safe, Lowe's and Home Depot are safe, but small stores, some of which will not survive, Mm -hmm. they're unsafe. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm not buying it. The guy dropping off my Grubhub order is safer than the waitress at the restaurant. I'm not buying that. And here's another thing about that. You can't go into some of the restaurants. So do you think they're keeping up the same standards? I mean, uh, probably are, right? Sure. I mean, nobody would ever cut corners when no one's looking. I hear all the reasons they give us, but if it's so easy to catch, how can more people who go to places that are open, how are they not getting it? Mm-hmm. Why don't more grocery store workers, gas station workers, places like that getting sick, but they're worried about you and I going to church? Like I said, I understand the original concern, but at this point, the practical application of what is open and what is not, it just it makes no sense to me. And I don't want to dismiss what someone else how they may approach things. But if the stadium was open right now, if the stadiums were open right now, would you go to a game? Yeah, I'd be there immediately. Yeah, I I think there's ground somewhere between the overreaction, those wearing a mask everywhere they go, whether they're alone or whether they're not. And of course, they're free to do that. But between that reaction and complete dismissal of the whole thing, uh, it's just some sort of political conspiracy In the middle of that, there's probably some common ground, right? There's some common sense. And and I think that's probably where most people live. We all want to go to the game. And honestly, I think I would probably go. Maybe that's irresponsible, but I think I'd go. Growing up as redneck as we grew up, (laughs) I figure I have to be pretty – I've got built up a pretty good immunity to things. I can admit to you. Go ahead. Somebody that's your age or even my age, like – we had the type of childhood where we ate enough dirt that our immune systems are in pretty good shape. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, I, like I said, I can admit to you, 
I may not wash my hands as often as perhaps I should. And I'm much more aware of that now. But if I made it this far, I'm not sure I want to start washing my hands as much. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what we've seen is that this is a situation that has a lot of nuance, right? And if you ask Twitter, there's none. It's either you don't want to wear a mask, you want my grandmother to die. Or on the other side, it's you don't want to wear a mask because this is America and your freedoms are being infringed upon. Both of those sides have merit, but there is a middle ground where we can have some nuance and we can say, well, people that are at risk should be quarantined. People that are not at an at-risk age, that are not immunocompromised, throw a mask on and go to work. You know, like there's a middle ground that I think we really need to try to find. Agreed. Ad admittedly, I lean more towards the dismissive side. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not running all over town licking door handles just to prove my trust in God. Right. You know, I. but we can talk about going to a game. It, it, we, we don't even know if we're going to have games at this point. At, at first, it, I, I didn't like the idea of sports without fans, and I still don't. But I've moved on from not wanting sports without fans to a place where I just want to watch a game. Mm -hmm. I watched a little Korean baseball. Nice. Not sure I liked it. it. It was baseball. It was American announcers. But I just, there was no familiarity there that I was accustomed to. I even watched a few highlights of whatever soccer league is opened up and is playing, which was hilarious, by the way. And much the same way that they decided what stores can open and, and what can't, I sort of picked up on some mixed messages in watching these highlights. They were playing without a mask. Of course, I, I would understand that. And okay, it's soccer, but there's still some level of contact of bodies mm -hmm. on bodies. But then they would come to the bench and they'd sit apart from one another and they'd put on a mask. Now, weren't you just more at risk on the field? And, mm -hmm. and what purpose is the mask? Isn't it supposed to protect the other guy? Mm -hmm. There wasn't another person. If you're spaced six feet apart on your bench, what's the purpose of the mask? I would think that the additional oxygen intake would benefit them more. Yeah. I, it, the mask seemed to me to be sort of a uh, uh, something that's probably its biggest benefit is just making you feel like you're doing something. You know, that's that's how I feel about it. The world has done gone crazy and, and it makes no sense. I'll tell you something else I noticed watching these soccer highlights. As they brought up the ball and put a shot towards goal, now it was soccer. They basically just kicked it in the general direction. There was no goal, of course. Uh, but anyway, as he brings the ball up toward the goal, there was crowd noise. And as the shot predictably sailed past the goal, completely missing the goal, which is eight foot high and 24 foot wide, basically missing what would constitute as the broadside of a small barn, there was a groan from the crowd as it sailed by. So maybe you know the answer because I don't. Did the stadium pipe in crowd noise? And did they choreograph it well enough to have it rising with anticipation and then followed by this unified groan of disappointment? Because if they did, that was pretty good choreographed. Yeah, I, I hope so. That would be pretty cool. It's like having a, la a live laugh track on a sitcom or something. But if it wasn't the stadium, then was it CBS Sports or ESPN or whoever I was watching did they add it to enhance their highlight reel, which just legitimizes the fact that without the fans, it's going to stink, but we'll take it. Mm -hmm. It's something. We'll take it. Yeah. How does it make you feel, wealthy players, 
wealthy owners arguing about pay in returning to baseball? Uh, I get where they're coming from. Like, I mean, obviously, their pay scale is not the same as mine. They're they're making a lot more than I am. But at the same time, like, you're asking these guys to go out there and play a sport that's already a risk of injuring them severely. You're asking them to be around other people that may be transmitters of the virus. You're asking them to get on planes and fly city to city and not knowing who was on the plane before them and may have coughed all over the place. I think you're asking them to take a significant risk, and I think they deserve to be compensated for it. And I certainly don't think they deserve to be asked to take a pay cut to do this. I find myself wondering, as these two spoiled groups argue, how the low-wage employees, the people who depend on the game, feel about it. You got this millionaire player arguing with a billionaire owner, talking about what is fair and what is right, while the peanut guy, he just wants to go to work. Yeah. Just wants to go to work. And I don't want to devalue someone's feelings. Look, if a player feels like he needs every cent of his million dollars to do his job or else it's not worth it, that's fine. That's that's how he feels. And the same way if a billionaire owner is stressing about paying a player what he wants or else we're not going to give baseball to the fans, and then I guess that's it is what it is. But I'm welcome to my opinion, too, and, and, and I don't like that. I think that's just a, a bad message. I, I get that there's no fans in the stands. That's a lot of lost revenue. But there's so much money in the game of baseball, mm. so much money. And I also get that the players feel like they've already given in to a prorated salary. Mm-hmm. Fewer games, though, is not the same thing as fewer games without fans, without ticket sales, without concessions, without souvenirs. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. Fewer games and then fewer games without all those things. But when a guy like Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell starts talking, it's just not helping their case. And the reality is this. He's free to, free any, he, he's free to feel any way he wants. He said this during his Twitch stream a few weeks ago, whatever a Twitch stream is, <laughs> I want all mine. Bro, y'all got to understand, too, because y'all be like, bro, play for the love of the game. Man, what's wrong with you, bro? Money shouldn't be a thing. Bro, I'm risking my life. What do you mean it should not be a thing? It's 100% a thing. And I, and I agree. Look, money's part of it. I'm sure most players, you know, they're more worried about potentially bringing something home than they are of the risk to themselves. But that's not what Snell said. You know, he said, I'm risking my life. We live in America, and you are free to not play. You are free to not get paid. But come on, man. You mean... You haven't risked your life going to the grocery store. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. What about the cashier who waited on you? Did he or she risk their lives so you could get the full jar of peanut butter? That sort of thing is just so tone deaf. And the Rays, they're actually planning on Monday holding light workouts, making the field available to play catch, to do some cardio exercises. They're not going to allow people to throw off the mounds, hit in the batting cages, go into the weight room, these sorts of things. It just seems so hypocritical. You know, at least the owners didn't go on his Twitch current, Twitch stream, whatever it was there. I guess there's no there's no risk hanging around the stadium with your teammates going through some light cardio, but there's risk when another team gets there. It's just like there's no risk at Walmart, but there's a risk at mom and pop. Everybody looks out for number one. That's what this is about. Owners want their full share. Players want their full share. Those of you... 
conspiracy people, you make a strong point when big wealthy chains are allowed to make their share, but not the little guys. When the potentially effective drug, I have no idea, which has no value to the pharmaceutical companies, well, that one gets dismissed, but the ones that make them a lot of money are promoted. Everybody looks out for number one. That's what makes celebrities and athletes who give up their time to tell us that we're all in this together. I bet it makes them so special. I love celebrities and athletes who tell me, man, we're in this together. We are in nothing together. We've yeah. never been together. We're never going to be together. You know, it's just like the advertisements. Hey, you know, we're in this together. Buy our product. Mm-hmm. Hey, times of these are tough times. Buy our product. Yeah. Now more than ever, you can buy our product. We're making <laughs> it more available. We'll bring it to you. They're just trying to soften what they've always done, and that's looking out for number one. That's not the biblical way, which is why living the Christian lifestyle is so difficult. It goes against our very nature to put others ahead of ourselves. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 say, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So let me ask you, when we are finally allowed to worship again in person, how willing are you to be inconvenienced by looking out for the interest of others? That is also what makes the grace of God so amazing, that you and I are lost and helpless in our sins. We're saved by God sending his son to pay our debt on the cross without us doing anything worthy of it. Normally, we're looking out for number one, and yet we have no ability to do so. He does everything to save us. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. John 3.16, very famous verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The offer is there for you, but you have to accept it. You know, look, I got you a gift for your birthday, but it's only yours if you take it. God's done his part. The offer is there. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I would tell you this, if you're really going to look out for number one, then talk to God. Confess your sin and guilt. Ask him to forgive you. Because Romans 10.13 says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. We have a standing offer around here, and that's if we can help. You just need to let us know. Maybe you have something on your mind. You'd like us to pray about it with you. You can reach out to us through our website, btgprogram.com. Time to take a break. Coming up next, Zach's going to take us through a few of his shenanigans statements, and we'll either agree with what he says or we'll call bupkis on it. You can play along as well. Thanks for being with us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Community is all about people coming together to serve one another and help one another. And what a great example during this crisis by showing an act of kindness with a care pack from Rock Cares, which in turn helps keep local businesses and workers working and serving their community. 
Visit rockcares.info and choose from two fresh and delicious packages. Send one to yourself and one to someone who you want to know just how much you appreciate them. Plus, with every package purchase, a gift bag with fresh fruit and a healthy snack will be delivered to medical professionals on the front lines of this COVID virus. Visit rockcares.info, that's R-O-C-Cares.info, or call them at 585-775-7520. rockcares.info, neighbors helping neighbors. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles, our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the Beyond the Game program. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. We're glad to have you along with us as well. By the way, this particular program marks the beginning of our seventh year of hosting the Beyond the Game program. And Zach, I just want to say how much I've enjoyed the last six years of talking sports with you. Well, of course. Dynamite drop in money and broadcast school has really paid off. We've talked to many interesting people. We've discussed so many things, and, and I, I really, I'm serious when I say I feel honored to be able to tie in some biblical thoughts in the process of talking sports, but I think my favorite memory on this program is when that jack wagon Darren left the show. <laughs> <laughs> remember that first show, how he came prepared? I mean, he had pages of notes. I remember he had a spiral notebook, and by, by the time he left the program, we could barely get him to wear pants in the studio. <laughs> I, re- I think my favorite Darren memory is probably the time that we caught him posting to Instagram during a show. <laughs> we we're in the studio recording and look over and he's taking pictures of himself in black and white and posting them to Instagram. He is a superstar. He's amazing. We're in all like, seriousness. Dude, we're still going here. He's our friend. We yeah. talk to him nearly every day mm-hmm. and we just couldn't be more pleased he's gone. that's not where i thought that was going the program is recorded in the btg studio in rochester new york it's heard all around the world via podcast for instance our last program just a few weeks ago before we took a break downloaded in ireland germany the netherlands as well as great american towns like portage indiana and fergus falls minnesota fergus falls by the way the birthplace of frank albertson and who is that? Well, you know who that is. That's Sam Wainwright in the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. Thanks for listening in Fergus Falls, for listening in Portage, Indiana, wherever it is you're listening from. We're grateful and honored that you're listening. Thanks so much. Here now is Zach Barletta to take us through this week's shenanigans topics. All right, number one. The NFL made changes to its Rooney rule this past week as teams now have to interview not one, but now two external minority candidates when filling a head coaching vacancy must interview at least one minority candidate for any coordinator position. The league is also considering a proposal to give teams who hire and retain minority coaches a substantial bump in their draft position. Truth or shenanigans, these rule changes and proposals, while good-intentioned, are terrible. I'm going to say 
shenanigans on the terrible. Now, look, I don't like them. I don't like them tied to the draft thing at all, especially. Mm-hmm. I think if a team has its guy in mind and he's not a minority, then you know, with these rules, they might just be wasting a guy's time to meet the demands of the rule. You know, mm-hmm. you're just going through the motions. Additionally, I don't like anything that's unfair, whether it's unfair to minorities or unfair to the majority. I, I don't think this is fair, but I do think it's important. There is a discrepancy in the hires. I don't know that it's a result of racism, but even so, creating a situation where a few more minorities go through the process, I think not only prepares them for what to expect, but who knows? Maybe some executive is surprised they get blown away by somebody. Maybe they'll have somebody to keep in mind next time around. Maybe they have somebody that they want on their staff somewhere. I don't like it, and maybe it's, you know, I don't like that we need it. But this is one of those things I think I see more value in it than not. I am a federal employee, so I am extremely familiar with the concept of doubling down on a mistake. And that's what this (laughs) feels like to me. You have a Rooney rule that's been in place for I don't know how many years now. The only candidate I know of that got a job as a result of the Rooney rule was Mike Tomlin. The Steelers interviewed Mike Tomlin to fulfill the Rooney rule. We're blown away by the interview, like you said, and he's been the coach for a long time and won a Super Bowl. This feels like a rule that has not really done what it was supposed to do. And instead of scrapping it and finding something better, they doubled down on it. And I just think there's better ways to get this done. If you want to find a way to even out the disparity, find something to do that might work better than something that has already proven to not really work. I just feel like there's better solutions out there and this feels like a waste. And like you said, giving somebody a bump in their draft selection just because of yeah, who they hired like because of the skin color of their coaching staff, that's ridiculous. And I can't believe that's even been proposed. Yeah, that's that that's unfair. Look, I, I don't have an answer here. I, I really don't. I much better at identifying problems than I am at solving them. Mm-hmm. But that's just who I am. Number two, former NFL quarterback Brett Favre said after the NFL draft that he expects Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers to finish his career with another team now that the Packers have traded up and selected quarterback Jordan Love in the first round of last month's NFL draft. So truth or shenanigans, Aaron Rodgers will be traded. I'll let you answer first. Go ahead. I say shenanigans. And I say shenanigans for the same reasons that Cam Newton is currently unemployed. And that is... There's a lot of quarterbacks right now that have just changed teams. A lot of teams either were already set at quarterback or have just found the guy that they think is their answer. I don't think there's a market right now. The guy's in his late 30s. He's had a bunch of injuries. He has potentially gotten his coach fired, butted heads with the new coach. I don't see him being an attractive target for somebody who A, can afford to pay him, B, has a vacancy, and C, is only a quarterback away from contending. So I think for better or worse, I think this is a marriage that's going to play out with him in Green Bay. Yeah, I'm actually going to agree. I think he will get traded, though, as you're talking, I'm listening to you, I don't think he's going to get traded this year. He signed through 2023. There's some length on this contract. If he was going to be a free agent in the next year or two, I would think the Packers, well, they'll just ride it out. But there seems like there could be the timing could be right to trade him prior to his walk year. Of course, it depends on the demand. It depends on how Jordan Love progresses. But there's a split here. Aaron Rodgers is talking a little more openly about not finishing his career with Green Bay. I think the guy's a punk. Why wouldn't you want to send him somewhere else? (laughs) The one thing I could see happening 
and I really hope it doesn't, is that the New England Patriots get through this year, shedding salary, Tom Brady's dead money comes off the books. They don't have a lot of big contracts otherwise. A year from now, they realize Jared Stidham hasn't been the guy. They went 6-10. and 10. They've got cap space. This is a team that always trades their first-round picks. If a year from now, we see the New England Patriots trade a first-round pick to get Aaron Rodgers. As much as I would hate that, I could see it. Number three, now that multiple states have said that they'll allow professional sports as soon as June, you believe we will have games being played by July. Yeah, I think so. By the way, the P- PBR circuit, they're riding in empty arenas. I don't why, know why so many people overlook the fact that pro bull riding is happening right now. Sports are happening uh, and more and more are, are going to happen. I, I do think so. I, look, all the leagues are, are making plans. There's just too much money to lose. If you don't get back out there, America wants sports. And while none of us would say that sports are the most important thing in life, I do think they are. There's an important role for them to play in helping us feel good again. See, you look at the PBR and you say sports. And I I look at the PBR and I say drunk rednecks (laughs) making bad decisions. I don't don't know which of us is right, but I kind of think it's me. I agree. Uh, I mean, we're talking about potentially having a spring training coming up in the next week or two for baseball trying to start baseball up the week of July 4th, which would be amazing. We've got the NFL schedule released. The NFL, by the way that it's scheduled, clearly believes that they're not going to be missing games. So I think, look, we're going to have somebody playing something by the start of July, and that is encouraging for me. We're running out of time, Zach, so let's go right into our You Like That segment. Romans 825 says, But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. In times of difficulty, weakness, suffering, things may not be going the way we would like, but with faith in God, we can persevere believing that he will see us through it. And what I like this week is the optimism that is apparent with so many people that I come in contact with. Maybe it's the warm temperatures. Maybe it's the plans of the NHL and NBA being talked about. Others to get back to the business of entertaining us. But I'm looking forward to eating at restaurants and seeing sports on oh, my yeah. TV, the strength of people I meet to persevere, and their ability to see the good things waiting on the other side of this stupid thing is what I like, you like this that? week. You like that? What I like this week was former NFL wide receiver Chad Johnson, maybe better known as Ocho Cinco, leaving a $1,000 tip at a restaurant that had just reopened after mm. being shut down for coronavirus. Look, I know he's a guy that loves the spotlight. I don't know if he did it so that he could talk about himself. I don't know if he shared it first. I saw it when ESPN shared a photo of the receipt on all of their platforms showing that he had indeed, he bought like a $34 meal and tipped $1,000. Little mom and pop places need that. If you can do something like that, good for you. So good for Chad Ochocinco for helping out a local business after Corona. And even if he does like to talk about himself, you just left some waitress or waiter a thousand bucks you can talk about yourself. That's our show for this week. Thanks so much for being part of it, making the last six years such a blast. Let me close with a reminder that Beyond the Game program, well, it's mainly a listener-supported radio ministry. Thanks to the many of you who have supported us with both your prayers as well as with your generous donations. And with your help, we've been able to bring the good news of the gospel to sports fans all around the world using Sports Talk Radio. We're asking that you would continue to remember us in your prayers. And if God lays it on your heart to make a financial contribution to this ministry, big or small, whether it be a one-time gift or a recurring amount, please visit our website, 
btgprogram.com. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Thank you.